Hi, I'm Corey. I'm Bill. And together we host the In Focus podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Gnome Recording Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we'll tell you all about Gnome Studios at the end of the show. Today we're talking about me. It's all about me. It is all about you. We're going to get to know me. Last episode, we got to know Bill. We got to meet him, a little about him. And now we get to learn about the, our commander-in-chief on this podcast, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that title. So to, to jump right into it, how do we know each other, Corey? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question because I think everybody, not, not only does everyone love a good origin story, but I think everyone deserves a good origin story. Uh, you know, we met almost 15 years ago, I think. I believe so. Oh, five. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think I can whistle into the microphone. That's probably not good, <laughs> yes. Long little, time ago. Yeah. We met uh, at Best Buy. We'd, we were working together in retail mm-hmm. um, and worked together for a couple of years there before we parted ways. And then, you know, I, I think I think back to a couple of conversations we had just creatively, because I think at the time you were still... Struggling. (laughs) You were struggling, but you had just recently graduated film school. Yes. And I think when I learned that, I thought, oh, like this guy's probably pretty cool. Because at the time I was a stills photographer. I'd gone uh, to college. I think I was still like I was still a part-time student, like an occasional part-time student. Uh, I never fully completed my degree. Maybe we'll get into that later. But uh, I had gone to college to be a, a photographer, visual communication, focus in photography. And I can remember having a conversation with you about a crazy idea that I had for like a, uh, like a TurboTax commercial, uh, which you probably don't remember this because it was now that I think back to it, it was really stupid, but. <laughs> and it was 15 years it ago. It was 15 years ago. And we're I, old now. I have a, I have this crazy memory. Um. But I, I remember explaining to you where essentially like TurboTax, we got your back. And it's like this guy in a room, like surrounded by the feds, like in his house, but he's with his tax agent. But the way that I described it to you, I was articulating like the color temperature and the color of the lighting to set the mood. And uh, you validated me. And, <laughs> and like, it, I don't remember exactly what you said, but your validation was like, I, I can appreciate like the way you're describing like color setting the mood and the tone and the, but clearly you were trying to dismiss me. Like, listen, like I just graduated from film school. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. You get out of here. Well, I was also like, I, I had a, an ego I did not need to have. I had no business having my <laughs> ego cause I had literally zero work experience at that point. Yeah. But everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, so I think we worked together for a little while there and then we went our separate ways. And then at, it was probably, I don't know, nine or 10 years after that, where I had a small business. I, I wanted, um, some video content to start to produce some web commercials. Mm-hmm. And you were the first person that I thought of and I reached out to, and I just, I remember, I think it was either a text or on social media. I just said, Hey, Bill, uh, are you still into video production? Well, you'd seen the book trailer, the my seventh grade in Life oh, and Tights yeah. trailer. And uh, you were like, oh, I love the lighting in that. I, I remember the, yeah. the message you sent me. And okay. You wanted a... I, I said, like, w- we need something similar. Like, yeah, yeah. I want to grow this business. We want something that's visually similar. Can you help me out? 
Yeah. And I literally brought on the exact same crew from that video. <laughs> and that was, we ended up doing a, a couple, right? Two or yeah, three. Yeah, we did uh, three. We did three. Yeah. yeah. And those are great. But that, like that for me was when I started to, in my mind, make the transition from like, I had almost completely given up on still photography. Like I was, had no interest in being a photographer any longer at that point. I, I like money and right. <laughs> made the, the realization that to make it, to make a living as a stills photographer, the hustle is like, like no other. Um, and I just, I was not up for that, but to watch you and the team create what we ended up creating for that business in those videos was really cool and really inspiring. And I think part of what drove me to start to pursue that, that whole creative process again, which was cool. Yeah. Cause I remember you were, you were kind of an observer, but you were like an active observer. Like you were, you know, you, you had that foundation in photography already. So you, un, you kind of understood generally speaking what we were doing as yeah. far as like framing and lighting and that sort of thing. And I, I could tell you were just like, I, I could almost see the eagerness in your face <laughs> that you, you wanted a bigger hand in it in the yeah. future. I could kind of see it. I, I do appreciate you crediting me on IMDB as producer for those. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you came to me with like the concept laid out and yeah. everything like an, yeah. like an outline and which is, a, a lot more than you get sometimes from, from clients. And so just the legwork you did, you know, that's yeah. producing. Yeah. And that, like, I even today, like, I, I enjoyed that, like, the conceptualizing and the, but I think there's a balance. Like, if it's something that I find interesting or entertaining, like, I have no problem doing that. Mm -hmm. But more often, I would prefer to just, like, I want to show up and, like, you tell me what we're shooting and let me, let me light it. Let me shoot it. Yeah. And then we, we worked after that. I think the first thing that I, I brought you on to was the, the Bryce Hitchcock video. Yep. That, uh, Stephen Knapp directed. Yep. And I brought you on as a, a first AC and we did, uh, I mean, that was a really fun shoot. Just like <laughs> it was, it was long. It was all day and, you know, and we shot we shot that on the FS seven hundred. We did on yeah. the Ronin two for a, a big portion of it. Yeah, that was crazy. We had two locations. I think that was that was the first. Not that the commercials that you produce were not big productions, but I felt like that experience, like there was hair and makeup, the artists, yeah. like there was, there was a, lot a lot going, going on, on that day. Yeah, um, and I just remember thinking, like, all right, like this is cool. Like I'm still, I'm into it. Yeah. And now I'm getting paid to be here, which was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's always uh, an added benefit yeah. if you can be paid to be there. Yeah. It, but it, it still was very much a small production. Like it was mm -hmm. uh, the director and then I believe the two of us in like two hands, two grips. Or There were some people coming and going on that shoot, I think. Yeah. Shifts. There were shift changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, that shoot specifically, like I remember when we got to the second location and the fog started rolling in. Yes. And just thinking like, this is a gift from the filmmaking gods. Yeah. Like, what it would take to actually haze this exterior is in my mind at the time, I had no concept. I just thought, oh yeah, yeah we probably, 
you could have done this with fog machines. No, absolutely no. not. You could not have. And and to be clear, this exterior was uh, an an airport, uh, an it abandoned was. airport <laughs> with a large hangar yeah. and lots of open sky. So hazing that, yeah, it would have been you know. difficult. But like, what was really cool to see was, you know, I think could we had. Would the end result still have looked good? Probably. There was a lot going on, like circus acts and entertainers. Visually, there was a ton. But I think the the luck of that fog moving in, like just all the stars aligning. I think at one point, I remember looking at you like, this is a totally different shoot now. That, uh, yeah, like, yeah. We got, we got the big spotlights, like just raking through all this fog. It looked insane. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That's one of those, what they would call happy accidents. <laughs> <laughs> that was not, not on the, uh, the yeah. shot list that the fog would roll in, no, but it, that worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, coming from photography, what, what's different? What's the same? Uh, how's that transition been? And, uh, do you think that's given you a leg up as far as doing video? Yeah. I, you know, I think what's similar just from the creative process is and what I have been able to pull from and maybe they weren't my wasted college years, but I, I definitely don't feel like I got everything I paid for. <laughs> Did you, and you went to, I went, I went here locally in Nashville tech. They, okay. they actually had, and I don't want to discredit their photography program. It was amazing. I just, I felt like I was, a little more advanced than some of the remedial courses mm. uh, just because they were super basic photography classes. Yeah. But I took a ton away from like the business of photography class was great. Like you could apply that to almost any creative role, like as a graphic designer or a photographer or like running an independent production company, mm-hmm. just all the things to think about, about how you bill clients and how you interact. Like that was great. And I took a ton away from that portrait lighting, like some of the more advanced stuff, I think is where I really started to pull like good away from. And I think that's what's helped transition into filmmaking and video work is like, uh, like having a really good understanding of composition, really understanding how lighting works, not just what looks good on camera, but like truly the mechanics of how lighting functions in relation to like a film plane. Yeah. And being able to articulate uh, how, like, what actually causes light fall off and how to manipulate that in the inverse square law. Like, if you want to get really technical, like, I'm your guy. Because you spend a ton of time as a still photographer making that look right for a fraction of a second. And, like, it's critical for that fraction of a second. Where I think video is a lot more forgiving because there is movement, you're in and out of light. Like, I think there's, not to say that it's not as critical, but I think sometimes people that don't know would take that for granted. Yeah. So I think being able to apply composition and lighting and some of the more foundational components of that has really helped transition, at least for me into the, the video work. And plus the, uh, the lens knowledge. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you lenses are interchangeable between photography and video. Some people would argue they should not be. But yes, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I think the I be- do what works. Yes, the, the <laughs> best the best tool for the job is the tool that you have access to, and yeah. I think lenses apply very similarly. Like, like I own a couple of Reds. I have cinema lenses. We rent cinema lenses, but I also own 
uh, a nice set of like Canon still lenses that work if the project calls for something like that. Right. Which is great. Yeah. That's cool. And you have that, that sort of flexibility to do that. Yep. So you, you are a bit of a, I'd say a Renaissance man. You have a lot of interests and you know, you, you do get into a lot of things and I know you also are a drone pilot. So I, I know I you've am. gotten a lot of drone video. I don't know if you want to talk about that some. Yeah, I am uh, part 107 licensed. I've actually, I've had, uh, I've been licensed for a few years now, long enough that I've had to go retake my like recertification after the couple of years. Um, but I appreciate the Renaissance <laughs> nod. I, uh, I definitely, over the years, I've had a lot of interests, a lot of hobbies. I feel like I, I am an achiever in the sense that if I'm not doing anything and everything possible, I feel like I'm not being productive enough. And sometimes yeah. that's difficult to like balance yeah. hobbies and side businesses and second startups and all the things. So I've definitely, as of the last couple of years, I have narrowed that down to really just my uh, full-time, like Monday through Friday career. And then what I would consider at this point, like my side hustle of video production. And so talk about the side hustle a little bit. Um, <laughs> what, what else are, are you into as far as the side hustle is concerned? I know you do rent your gear out. Yep. Um, so it's it, at this point, every side hustle is all uh, film or video production related. So uh, the gear rental is a big one. I use a website called ShareGrid, uh, which is, you know, I think the best way to describe it would be almost like an Airbnb for uh, production equipment for camera equipment, stills, video, lighting, all the things. Like if you have a need for a camera that you don't own, ShareGrid, like there are rental houses on there, but there are also like independent owner operators that list their own gear there. Uh, and I, I feel like I, I got really lucky trying ShareGrid a couple of years ago when it was still very early in Nashville. It, there's a huge ShareGrid community like in LA and New York and Atlanta. Um, but I think at the time when I first joined and started listing some of my cinema gear, there were only like three or four local accounts mm-hmm. at the time. And it, I've grown to the point where I, I, I think I, at this point I'm the most reviewed renter on the site. That's awesome. I think I have most of my gear is listed there. Like both of my reds are available, all my lighting gear, all of my lenses, pretty much everything is available there. And it's, it is a, a really good way, not only to supplement creator income, but obviously I use that to fund any of the gear that I purchase. So if I want a new set of lenses or a new camera or whatever it is, yeah, I just take whatever the purchase price is, divide that by 30. That's the rental cost. And then I know like after 30 rentals, it's paid for. Yeah. Uh, but the other great benefit is the network that ShareGrid Rentals has enabled for me. Almost everyone that I know or that I've worked with um, other than you in the video production space has all come through networking on ShareGrid. Like there That's was awesome. the, the Scott Stevens work that I've been able to do the last three music videos for him. That started with uh, his, uh, someone from his management team and now his manager initially rented uh, some little shitty lights from me, just like he needed these little RGB wands. 
and they worked for what he needed. But more importantly, like now Cody and I have developed this really great relationship where like, that's amazing, but I never would have met Cody or been in a position to work with him and his artist had it not been for ShareGrid. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of an unexpected benefit, I feel like, because when you think about gear, I, I never heard of ShareGrid till you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you just think of gear rental, you're like arbitrarily renting it out to people that kind of come and go as like a revolving door, but you don't actually connect with those people on, on a professional level. Yeah. But, so that's really awesome that that's been kind of your way to build your network. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was a little, I don't want to say sketchy because I've never had a bad rental experience on ShareGrid. That's good. (laughs) Yet. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Knock on wood. Yeah. Hopefully not. But, uh, you know, I think what's great about ShareGrid is, you know, they have a really rigorous background check. Like you have to pass all of these uh, checks and balances before they'll even approve a rental request. Mm -hmm. So like I get rental requests all the time from new renters that, you know, I, usually I have to wait two or three hours for them to do their whole manual validation. Like they check your ID, they do a simple background check and confirm all these social media accounts, just like to put more than just like, it's not a stranger at that point. I mean, they're a stranger to me, but I know they've gone through this process. And then through the insurance that, um, they provide, I know that the gear is covered. I also own a, like my own separate, uh, policy for all of my gear. So, uh, you, you've done a lot of different shoots, uh, since getting into the video game, I, the video game, the video industry, you can uh, call it the game, the game, I'm the video the game. game. I'm in the game, not the video game, like video games, <laughs> no. Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so w- one shoot that, that I thought was very ambitious that we both worked on together was the Transylvania stud white, Witch album yes yes i say album because your idea was to do a music video from first track to last track on this band's album yes and tell an entire story yes uh which i love that idea and more bands should do that quite honestly because talk about a a a great marriage of you know visuals and audio to tell the story of someone's entire record. I mean, I mean, I think that's great. And so we, you hired me as, as DP to uh, take on this ambitious task <laughs> and we went to Virginia and I don't know if you want to talk about that a little it, bit. Yeah. I, I, and I, I appreciate how you keep referring to it as ambitious and not crazy. I mean, <laughs> look, we're all a little crazy in this yeah, industry and you have to be a little crazy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it becomes just ambition at a certain point. Yeah. You know, I think, and you know, more recently, like there was a machine gun Kelly release for his latest album, uh, where they did the exact same thing. They started with the very first track and they, it's basically this really well done, like short film that every new scene is like a different music video. Yeah, and another example of that I just watched actually was Daft Punk. Yeah, uh, the Interstellar five five five. It's like a big anime movie. Yeah, but it's their entire album. Yeah. So I, I do I do think more artists should go that route, mm-hmm. just because it it I think it's an amazing opportunity to connect a couple of different creative mediums. But the White Witch album, uh, which Andrew was amazing. Like I 
I remember I was on an airplane about to take off and he had trusted me. The very first music video I ever did was also for him. And it was like, we did it in a barn (laughs) and, and in a motel, I think it was a super eight or like one of those where I just, I paid a hundred bucks for the room and we just shot in it. Like total gorilla style. Um, but I remember I texted him. I said, Hey, do you have any new music coming up? Because like, I would love to, I need to do more. Like I need to get more, uh, in my reel. I need to get more experience. And like, you trusted me the first time, like, let's do something again. Yeah. And he said, like, I've got some new music coming up. I'll shoot you some links. So you can check it out. And before the plane even took off, I, I said, like, I have a crazy idea. What if we did a video for every song? Because in my mind, I'm like, what better opportunity to get a lot of experience than to yeah. just do a whole bunch of them all at once? <laughs> um, and he said, I love it. Let's do it. And so I, I came up with this like really loose outline with, again, with some input from him from some ideas. And, you know, similar to other conversations, you know, it's here's the idea, but here's the budget, which was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we cashed in Delta Skyline miles to fly out there, cashed in um, Hilton honors points to cover hotel rooms. Yeah. Like it, it was almost no cost at all, uh, but it, it was really ambitious. So we flew out there with as much of my gear as we could check, mm-hmm. which uh, pro tip, if you check in on most airlines as a media production, oh, that's right. <laughs> there's no that. limit. Well, there is a limit to the number of bags, but they waive like weight limits. So I forget, we checked like. We checked a lot of gear. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. And it was like 50 bucks. Yeah. For all of it. Total. Pro tip. Yeah. Which was crazy. Yeah. Uh, So we get out there and we got the red, we have a handful of lights and, um, you know, the other cool thing, which was a good experience for me from a producer standpoint was engaging with the, um, the Virginia, Virginia film, office. film office. Yeah. yeah. And she was so helpful. And I said like, Hey, here's, here's what I'm working with. I have literally no budget, but like if, if you have something that fits the need, like you let me know, like we'll work it out. I'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. And we went back and forth a couple of times with a few different ideas. And eventually she found this, um, abandoned state penitentiary that I forget. I forget. I think it was the James river correctional. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Um, Only cause I've Instagram tagged it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she was able to work that out where we had that for the entire day all to ourselves for free. The entire prison, the entire prison. Like yeah. she gave us the full guided tour when we got there, walked us through like, here are the places I would recommend. I recommend you stay away from these Here's spots. where the asbestos lives. Yeah. Like gave us all, the, <laughs> but it was insane. Yeah. And so, we, you know, we shot in a couple of different places. We had, um, like we gorilla shot, uh, in, um, the liquor store, the liquor store. Yeah. We, we gorilla shot in a liquor store, uh, with my iPhone because the Virginia ABC would not approve of us actually filming. So hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And we did, we did some car mount stuff. We did a we lot did of, a, we did a lot of, lot car, of car mount mounts. stuff. Uh, we, we, uh, the fishbowl look that we lit. Yes. The night stuff was great. Yeah. Uh, we did a one take 
with you on the glide cam walking yep. back like the full the full oneer. Um, but yeah, the the shots or the the half day that we spent at the prison was just insane. It was, it was. so cool. And just still, the fact that we got that for free. I know. Just by asking and like explaining like, yeah. hey, like independent filmmakers, it's a local artist. Talk to your state film office. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, they're, they're, Tennessee's been the same way, um, at least in the past. I haven't really dealt with them as much in, since the boom, the yeah. Nashville boom. But I know uh, state film offices are usually pretty hungry to have people come film in the state and, you know, they'll recommend places and they're usually pretty gracious in my experience. I've worked with the Louisiana film office too. Oh, and yeah. they've, they've been really good. Yeah. The, the crazy thing about uh, Virginia was at the time the walking dead was scouting a couple of locations. Oh, that's right. Um, and at, like, I remember like she was just a wealth of knowledge because she said like these places would be great for you, but if like you don't have a crew, so like it's really difficult to get gear there. Like she said, I I don't recommend them. Though you would like them, I don't recommend them. Yeah. Um. And then at the penitentiary that we got, I forget the name of the show, but uh, there's an Ethan Hawke production that was like a Showtime production that was going on at the same time. Oh. Because I remember her telling me like I'll I'll need to coordinate with their producers yeah. to make sure they're not there on the day that's that's right yeah. or if they are like we'll need to like figure something out mm -hmm. so she did all of that for me which was amazing yeah yeah, yeah it was super great. cool if you can yeah that it's always been good interactions with with those folks and we got free t-shirts we did we got, that's the greatest <laughs> yeah she just had them there on on at the prison for us here's some free t-shirts yeah I, I will say, remember, if you do shoot in a prison, especially a music video, bring some earplugs. Oh, man. Uh, because, yeah. Uh, we fashioned some handmade, like, <laughs> some gaff tape, and uh, we tore. A piece of uh, foam from, like, a Pelican yeah, case. Yeah, like, ripped up one of the Pelican cases, made little foam inserts, and yeah. taped them over your ears. Because, uh, you know, if you've worked on a music video... You can fake everything. The guitars, the vocals, you the drums, you, you cannot, cannot fake. fake the drums. You can mute them a little bit, but when you're inside a narrow cell space <laughs> surrounded by concrete, yeah. those drums are going to blow some eardrums. Yeah. yeah. The other crazy thing uh, I did for that, uh, like the full story was for one of the music videos, it's almost entirely all stock footage. That's right. It's all licensed like for his video. Uh, and I, I did that for a couple of reasons. One, just logistically, like I knew it wasn't going to be possible to get everything we wanted for the time constraints that we had. Yeah. And I forget who the artist was, or it may have been a director, but I remember reading like, like risks that had been taken on a similar project where it, like they pieced together this amazing music video entirely from stock footage. Wow. And no one ever knew <laughs> because like, it, you know, if it's curated appropriately, yeah. why would you like, that's the intent of it is to fill a narrative need that you have. Right. Uh, and we did the similar thing for, uh, for Andrew and we actually did it twice because <laughs> one of the videos is uh, the stock footage intercut with him in the prison 
and kind of this dream sequence is what it was. Yeah. Which is why, at least for me, the the stock footage made sense. Like if it's all just crazy dream type things, mm-hmm. then totally cool. But then these two songs on the album that play back to back, like it just it seemed to work out creatively as I'm going through the treatment to almost go from this dream state to then you waking up. So this, the first video is all played forward in real time. And then when the song, when the tracks cut to the next track, it immediately on that same frame immediately reverses and it yeah, plays the entire cool. music video backwards right up until the point where he wakes up. And then we have the snorry cam one take. Yes. Just crazy. Yeah. The, the one thing I didn't shoot, as part of that was <laughs> the was the snorry cam, cam stuff. Yeah. I I lit the scene, but Andrew yeah. had that rig on and was just and doing we were his thing. we were hiding in the bathroom. We were <laughs> like yeah, calling directions. so he couldn't see us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So recently, you DP'd a music video for Scott Stevens. Yeah, tell us about that project. Uh, that was that was really fun. It's uh, Scott Stevens' latest single, uh, Neon Anya, and uh, you know, I, you know, like like I mentioned. So Cody Villalobos, I met when he was still directing and doing a lot of work for the artists that are part of his management group. Cody's trying to get out of video production and wants to continue to focus on being an artist manager, not necessarily like the media guy. Um, So he reached out to myself and um, Booba, who uh, hopefully we'll get on the show at some point. Uh, But Booba has... um, a production company forerunner up in Bowling Green and they do a ton of production work and pitch this idea. It was super rough. Like what's great about Scott is, and you know, he'll tell this same story. Like when he's writing a song and starts on the production of the song, he very much has a music video treatment already in mind. That's like, it's a part of his whole storytelling process. Like here's the song. Here's how I think it should show up as a music video. So, different than how a lot of artists act where they write the song and then you have directors pitching all these different treatments. It's great to work with Scott because he has an idea and then we can just kind of mold and shape that into exactly what he wants within the budget constraints. Mm -hmm. So for this video, he had this idea that was, you know, inspired by the big Lebowski. Like it's part about like getting out, you know, post COVID going out with his wife, like, you would look good with some neon on you. Like that's the whole vibe, but in a bowling alley. So we, we actually, we were able to secure lanes, trains and automobiles in Murfreesboro through a friend of my wife's. So again, like network is everything. Everything. So, So this, so lanes, trains and automobiles was so giving, so gracious. We got the entire facility all to ourselves from like 8 a.m. until noon when they opened, no charge. Wow. So cool. It's like stripped the lanes for us, everything. Um, And then so we had a full crew for the day. We lit um, the lanes. Actually, we lit the lanes two different ways. One, just we actually didn't light at all. It's all natural, like very like kind of grungy feeling bowling alley Mm -hmm. and then the private lanes where we shot like all the neon theme shots was just totally over the top like massive light movers on every lane 
uh, Estera Titan tubes like all over the place. Uh, we did this really crazy, like seamless 360 shot on the Ronin where we like VFXed the guitarist like at every angle in this one seamless like 360 shot. Just a ton of fun the entire day. But yeah, it was wild. And like we all said this all day, like it feels so unnatural being on the lanes. <laughs> <laughs> the the no man's land yeah. where people don't go. Like you spend your entire life, like if you cross that little line, like the alarm goes off, it's super slippery, <laughs> you you're going to fall and bust your ass. Like yeah. all these things. We got to break all those rules. Mm-hmm. We had like equipment on the lanes. You know, we were super cautious, like mats and tennis balls and everything to to protect the lanes. But You had a chair out there too. Didn't we, we did. Like this, yeah. this the look, like we'll, we'll link the music video in the show notes, but it's, it ended up, I think really well for, so for the production, like for the budget and what we were able to pull off. It was insane. It looks great. The, the lighting, the lighting alone is, I, I love colored lighting anyway. So yeah, you throw a bunch of, you throw some neon on it and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited. You yeah. know? I it, love it, that. it, it would not have been what it was without our colorist either. Like Jimmy, Jimmy the colorist. <laughs> Jimmy the colorist. Yeah. Uh, it just an absolutely amazing job. He uh, yeah. works at uh, film workers here in Nashville. Just super. If you ever need a colorist, you don't have to be local. He is a magician, a wizard, a wizard. <laughs> Jimmy, the Jimmy, the colorist. wizard, the color wizard. Yeah. So what's what's your next project? What's uh, on deck? Um, I, you know, I think for me personally, I've got a, a micro. I don't even know if this is a thing. Like a micro short. It's like a one page screenplay. Yeah. Uh, for it, the it's titled is uh, Artemis. It's a sci fi, almost like a social commentary on our obsession with space exploration, but yet like we still haven't figured everything out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, it, it, it's intended to be super short, really to the point. Uh, I actually got hooked up with a VFX artist in LA through a share grid connection, like just put it out on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm looking for a blender or a cinema 4d artist. Yeah. This guy that I rented to, we connected on Instagram. He said, Hey, check this dude out. So I sent him a message, sent him the screenplay, a couple of ideas, but, um, like that'll be if we pull it off the way I think we can, this will be my first short with like legit, like, like VFX. VFX. Like we're That's talking really cool. like SpaceX, NASA, landers, astronauts, like sky replacement, like alien world kind of yeah. thing. All in like a 90 second short. I love it. Yeah. That's really cool. I wish I, I wish I had the, I wish I wasn't so ambitious back to the, the question <laughs> and I could write something that was 90 seconds yeah. and I, I struggle with that. I, I can't do anything that's under three pages a lot of times. Yeah. I, I, you know, and now that I've said it and it's out in the world, you have to do it. Now I have to do it. So. <laughs> People will be waiting for it. Yeah. I think it, everything I could go and do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I just, I have to figure out the VFX component. Like yeah, how much of that, can or should I do practically like what do I need to consider for a budget to pull it off and that's what that's what this guy's helping me like really wrap my head around that's good because I I know a lot of um just just my limited knowledge of the via vfx world it's good to 
consult the VFX artist before you shoot anything <laughs> just because yeah. it helps them ultimately um, because it, it takes them time and the more legwork you do ahead of time, the, the easier it is going to be for them to do the work they need to do. So that's, that's good. That's, yeah. It's and not I, a, Hey, uh, here's this footage I have. Can you put, uh, this here? Right. You know, then they're like, oh, come on. and like, I, and I don't want to insult anybody, but like, because I watch the corridor crew guys on YouTube. Me too, like, yeah. They do a lot of really good stuff and they make it look really easy. And I, like I've learned yeah. a lot, like as a filmmaker, I, I feel like I know, like, I need an HDRI, like 360 to like all the things like I've learned. Those guys are fantastic. So part of me wants to be like, Hey, like not to say that it's easy, (laughs) but I, you could do this, right? I have a foundational understanding of how this would work. So Mm -hmm. you could do this, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. But that's for me personally, that's like, that's the next thing that I want to knock out. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into our lightning round. So I get to subject you to the lightning round now. I'm ready. uh, After uh, dealing with it. And you've had some time (laughs) to think about it since you invented the lightning round. (laughs) That's true. Which is not fair, but that's okay. Okay. All-time favorite movie. Top Gun. Excellent. The last movie you watched. All right. So this, uh, actually just last night, I watched a movie titled doors and this it's uh, pretty sure brand new probably produced through covid from directors uh saman cash jeff decim and uh, dugan o'neill it it's weird <laughs> um yeah it's like a trippy sci-fi kind of there's actually three different stories kind of tied into one. So each huh. of these directors directed a different segment of it. Oh, so it almost like a vignette yes. anthology kind of thing. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It was weird. I, I, I like to give movies the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't read the reviews or like the Rotten Tomatoes before. Like I'm just going to watch the trailer and if it looks good, like I'll buy it. I'm in it. Yeah. I regretted this one. <laughs> Oh, well, I should have rented it. But uh, another if I could give two, because I, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't want to direct. I don't want to be crazy. Uh, I watched Prospect two nights ago, three nights ago uh, from I think it's like 2018 from Christopher Caldwell and Zeke Earl. And why, why this one, like I want to just make sure I mention is it was done on such a small budget as it relates to like something coming out of Hollywood. But also like super inspiring for this uh, Artemis short that I have. Like these guys came up with the costume concepts and like this whole otherworldly view that they were able to do locally um, outside of Seattle. Um, If I could erase my memory of Doors, (laughs) Prospect was the last movie that I watched. We will accept Prospect as the last movie you watched. Good. Uh, Your favorite director? Chris Nolan, hands down. Yes. Great like choice. All, all the way back to original, like pre Batman, pre all the things. So you're going back to Memento and Memento, all that. Uh, most underrated slept on cinematographer, uh, Zoe White. She did um, most recently The Handmaid's Tale, which is not my type of show, but cinematography is great. But also, uh, I think 
the most the last season of uh, Westworld, which is just insane. Like the, the visual appeal and like the being able to create a look otherworldly, futuristic, like just removed from time. Fantastic work. And this is probably a discussion for another day, but the fact that uh, television or shows have gotten to a level that matches, you know, movies, if oh, not, yeah. if not higher level. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's like the, that's where it's at right now as yeah. far as quality. And I think that like there's, there are a ton of cinematographers that don't do feature work mm-hmm. that do amazing like serialized work. Yeah. And it didn't used to be that way. No. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's, it's an amazing art form now. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. I'm definitely team coffee. Any coffee, I don't care. Just give it to me. Any and all coffee. I'll take it all. Do you like tea at all? I do. I, I like uh, chai tea. Actually, today, my drink of choice was a chai tea with a double shot of espresso. So I still got the coffee <laughs> in there. You could do a little tea. of both, I guess. Yeah. But that's if I'm drinking tea, it's chai. But at 99% of the time, I'm coffee. Got it. Pineapple on the pizza. Never. Never. No. An aggressive no. No. <laughs> no indifference or no. entertaining it. Just throw it off the table. <laughs> no. Favorite camera? Uh, the one that you have. The one that I have? No, just the whatever camera you have. Like that's, oh, okay. That's the one. If I had to like pick my favorite camera, definitely the Red Gemini. Nice. Just is beautiful. But I, I think whatever camera I have, like I'll figure it out. I like that. Keeps it flexible. Yep. Three films everyone should see before they die. All right. These, um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure all three of these are available on Netflix right now. So uh, the first one is Time Trap. And maybe I'll give you all three and then like connect the dots on why these three. Because they're not classic cinematic masterpieces. They're, they're all probably within the last five or six years. Time Trap, Arc which is ARQ and then uh, extinction. All three of these are, they take um, a, a typical storyline or idea and tell it in such a way that is super compelling um, and like really entertaining. Cause today, like we, you know, we have phones and tablets and it's hard to sit down and watch a movie and not get distracted by other things. All three of these movies and the way in which they tell their story is so entertaining. Like it's easy to put the phone away to just be focused on the movie. So Time Trap, um, it essentially there's this cave that is um, almost like a time warp, like separated from the rest. Time moves so slowly mm-hmm. beyond the threshold of this cave that it's essentially like a time machine because you're yeah. paused in time and everything is moving so fast. And then how it wraps up is just insane, but like really good, a really good take on time travel. I'm all for that. Arc is similar, like very sci-fi, uh, but it is uh, also relates with time and like this kind of continual loop. But, and you know, it, you've had this story told, whether it's like through Groundhog Day or, Similar, like repeating the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Again, Ark tells the story in a way that's so practical, but at the same time, you're like, holy shit, like, nice. Yeah. 
really good. <laughs> uh, and then Extinction, uh, it, it's hard to describe that movie without giving away the twist at the end. Don't do it. So I'm not going to do that. But Because uh, I, I, I haven't seen any of these or heard of them, so I'm going to check it out. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It's really good. Also sci-fi, like futuristic androids and people and like stuff. And the, again, it. the twist is really good. So it's great. I'll check them out. Awesome. Well, Corey, great conversation. Bill, this has been great. Yes, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank us both for bringing this podcast yes. into the thank, world. Thank, thank us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Bill, again, thank you. Uh, for our listeners, uh, we know you have a lot of podcast options, and we appreciate you choosing us. Check us out on Instagram at infocuspod or online at infocuspodcast.com. To learn more about today's sponsor, Gnome Studios, you can find them online at gnomestudios.co or on Instagram at gnomestudios. Gnome Studios is located in a century-old warehouse just outside of downtown Nashville and is a full-service recording studio. Check them out for your next project. And if you like what you heard today, go ahead and subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating. It would help us out a ton. Until next time, we'll see you. Feed your crew. Feed your crew.